What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders, from ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities. CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Purchase new wiper blades from O'Reilly Auto Parts today and we'll install them for free. See better and drive safer with O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. Welcome to another episode of the Attacking Scrum podcast. And we know it for, for certain now. Wales are Six Nations champions 2021. Joining me to dissect what whatever that means, it's Dan Killick and the Mighty Murph. How are we doing, fellas? Very well, thanks, mate. Yeah, really good. Thanks, Jed. Uh, one week on since uh, you know, a pretty sombre podcast from us last week, given uh, given everything that happened. And that was that was definitely reflected in our listener numbers. Like the, the numbers halved on Monday from the week before. <laughs> I, I, I don't think too many people wanted to relive it with us. So thanks for everyone who did uh, catch up with it and later on in the week. But I suppose a bit more upbeat this week. What did you? Um... Maybe it was the cycling chat that put them off last week. I don't think. I don't think it was. No, I think that's. I think that's what kept people coming back. I think they want. I think they want more <laughs> of it this week. Yeah, but, that's all um, they're getting. No, I, I, I'm not into rugby anymore. No, that's it. It's, oh, I, I don't know though. I'm, I mean, I'm quietly confident that the Dragons are probably the best side in Europe now. So, um, <laughs> I yeah. think you know, th- three wins out of the last four. I am. Um, I'm, I'm pretty confident that um, we'll probably win the Challenge Cup. Will uh, well, they got the... in the they got in the Challenge Cup bath? No, no, I don't think it's bath. Someone tied you though. Someone, yeah, a bit. Oh, you just, mate, you've thrown me completely under the bus here because <laughs> I haven't got. I haven't yeah, got come on, massive today. dragons fan. Who are they playing next? <laughs> I saw your tweet to Sky Bet, Jed. Yeah, I know that that almost backfired on me, didn't it? Uh, yeah, it almost yeah, backfired maybe. massively. Uh, right, dragons have got. Why don't I know? I, I thought it was someone French. Hang on. You might be right, Leon. Leon, no, no Northampton, cracking. Oh. That'll be great. That'll be great. Yeah, there no, you go. Yeah, at home, I think it is at home. Yeah, the, yeah, uh, the kind of prof- the kind of professionalism you only get with this podcast. Where, uh, <laughs> Murph has thrown me one at my toes <laughs> on, on my own goal line there in I minute just, one of the I game. Just treated like we're down the pub. I know, I know. Well, it's just as well, isn't it? Yeah, um, yeah. But given we haven't had the opportunity to uh, to go to the pub uh, in the in the wake of Wales winning this, the uh, the Six Nations. How did uh, how did you feel on Friday night when when it became apparent we were going to win, Dan? Um, yeah, it was, it was like a little bit of a warm feeling, wasn't it? You do feel. I still could feel myself sort of going back to the week before, I, and I still am now. Really, I, I you know, it's still still not still not over it. I'm not. But, I'm not over it. Uh, no, and it, it 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 kind of seems like a long time ago, um, for, for for me. But yeah, I mean, it's when you put it in its place, 
obviously it was it was it was heartbreaking the way it came back when he put it in his place though it's a fantastic achievement isn't it to win the championship from from, from where we were in the autumn there's no oh, yeah. way we would have we would have thought we thought that was possible well I still I still didn't think it was possible one or even two weeks in I just thought well you know yeah. there's, there's no way we can you know we can carry on and get done what about you Murph how did you feel on Friday night um I enjoyed it. Uh, I mean, it was a fitting end to a really good tournament, you know, especially following on from the autumn. Mm. You know, it was lots of great close games in there, entertaining open rugby games. So I thought it interesting. Um, Louis, Louis Zamek was interviewed before one of the games, uh, uh, Gloucester Exeter on Duty mm. Sport on Saturday. It was like an Alistair Egan profile interview. And he said he didn't sleep for three nights after losing on Friday. Really? I don't know if he's been, you know, completely literal, but he put him off his sleep, and I'm, I can only say, uh, me too. Yeah. <laughs> I, 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 he said something similar after the England game, didn't he? That not not that he'd lost three nights sleep, but that he was really beating himself up about not putting away the the chance where he outgassed Johnny May. He was rerunning that through in his head. That's right. and, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. And you know, kind of was was reliving that, even though we, you know, we won the game handsomely. But I like that though. I, 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 I like that. I like the perfectionism. Yeah, I just. Uh, I don't like players that are oblivious to the to the magnitude of everything. Yeah, they just go, oh well, it didn't they didn't go my way. Yeah. <laughs> I like the ones who it, it it stays with them. You know what I mean? I know it's it's mm. difficult, isn't it? Because you know when you see um when you see like you know when we've lost a, a narrow de- a narrow defeat whether it's you know the, i can't i can't even remember the last what happened after the final whistle in the grand slam game but i look back to some other defeats in the past you know you see play, players smiling shaking hands with the opposition and i'm like oh god I, I you know i wouldn't have it in me to be a big enough man to to nope. shake hands at that point but yeah um but yeah you know i know i know what you mean i like i like those players who kind of wear it and you know you, they they feel the same. i mean let's be honest all players who lose a game like that will feel a million times worse than we do because they're you know they're in it and it's their job and it's their you know it's the, they've got to deal with all the shit on social media afterwards as well yes yeah, well yeah definitely that but also the career defining moments yeah you know the, the just the slightly one way or the other. Ask Brees <laughs> Doolan from Friday night. Here's one, a, here's one for you. What a dope. That was, yeah, I mean, it was like real dopey. You know, uh, it was the French fullback in the Poitrano in the Heineken Cup final when oh, Howley okay. snuck between his legs to score. And what, was there, I thought that it, it should have been a penalty to, um, to Scotland before that. I thought Antonio was lucky. To, he didn't look like he was supporting his body weight to me when he when he turned that ball over. I thought he could just kind of flopped on it and, and scooped it back. I half thought that Barnes gave the penalty after that because he he felt the same way. But obviously with mm. the um, yeah, with the French replays, you don't get a chance to analyse that in any detail. But, <laughs> no, but it, it, the, going back to Bruce Doolan, from, just from like a risk and reward point of view, there was nothing in it for him. Even if he'd gone it. the length of the field and scored himself under the posts. It made no difference. They, 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 they couldn't, there was no time left to do anything more in terms of getting four tries and 21 points. So he had the opportunity to just bag the win and have it in the record books that they won that night. Yeah. And just completely <laughs> brain farted it. Yeah, it was really, I mean, it was really odd. I think that's it, isn't it? It can only be a, a rush of blood to the head. The main thing I thought, though, at the end, I was delighted for Scotland because it was just a cracking test match. It was so exciting. It had, you know, it had everything, much like the week before. And yeah, I was just really, really pleased to see to see Scotland get the win because it was a, a, 
a wonderful effort. I thought some of their players were absolutely massive in there and showed like a level up from what we've seen. We've seen it in patches before and that's their problem is they can't string together consistent results. But I thought the format of that game is, is, is pretty impressive. Some, some of those players, you know, we'll talk about the Lions in weeks to come, but players like Watson, I thought, you know, Richie won't go on the Lions tour, I don't think, but he would be good enough to be on there. I, I honestly do think that. I think there's too many, too many, there are too many blind sides around. Absolutely. But yeah, um, that, 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 yeah, absolutely. But I think, you know, just these players showing that they're, they're real top international, international yeah. pros. Particularly Kelly Ross caught my eye on the night who hasn't necessarily much before. Ollie Kebble off the bench. He was very good. Oh, he had a massive impact, didn't he? Yeah. Mad. Oh, the carrying um, from him. And I think if this is a trend of the way uh, international rugby is going to go for the next few years, the, the, the more open kind of rugby that we've seen in this tournament, that's really going to play into Scotland's hands. I'm not saying they're going to mm. blitz world rugby, but it, it's going to help them. So if it goes back to the kind of uh, power game stuff that England been doing up till now, and uh, obviously South Africa, that, that's not in their, that's not their speciality at all. But if we, if we get open games, they, they're going to be hard for everyone to beat. The interesting thing I think will be, yeah, you're, you're absolutely right there, Murph. The interesting thing I think for Scotland is, the biggest question mark was them was they can't do it away from home. You know, they that was their that was their problem. They've beaten England away from home. They've beaten France away from home. Can they will that now be a question if they've got the monkey off their back? But as fans start to return to the stadium, will they kind of revert to type and, and struggle there? That's going to be the interesting thing for me with Scotland, whether they can start piecing together those those wins away from home on the regular or it's just a one-off. Yeah. Well, anyway, yeah, you're right, though. Fitting end to the tournament. And as we wrap up um, our kind of review of the tournament, uh, I was keen to get your, you boys to name a, a player of the tournament from uh, from your perspective, or not necessarily a player of the tournament, but a player who's, who's really caught your eye, who you've enjoyed watching the most. I'm going to start with you. I really should start with Murph because he hasn't had time to prep this and I should return the favour here. But I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to throw it to Dan because I can see the cocks working in his brain. <laughs> yeah, they are going. Um, oh, it's difficult to identify one, isn't it? <clears throat> Firstly, yeah. Oh, yeah. I was just going to say, just an astonishing tournament, wasn't it? Just brilliant, so entertaining, and just what we needed when uh, we're all struggling at a, at a time like this. But it's difficult. It's difficult to go for one for me. Really difficult. Go yeah. throw throw, um, a few, throw a few names at us. Let's get the let's get the ball. Yeah. Right. Okay. Yeah, I'll throw a few names. So so uh, Penno for France was. <sighs> Just in attack and and defence, he he's got like a sort of nonchalant style about him, but he's like freakishly strong, isn't he? Freakishly, yeah, he really and is. He kind of doesn't look like a rugby player, which which I kind of love. He just he just ambles around, doesn't he? But then if he's going into something, he's going in with as if you know as if they've murdered a member of his family. He is going through them with everything, and um, his finishing is just 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 outstanding. Um, yeah, and he's he's a bit he's a bit sort of um, he's, he's a bit mysterious as well. Mm. <laughs> so he, he's he's a joy he's a joy to watch, isn't he? Um, I know. I think he's brilliant. Oh, it's a big, yeah, it's a bit, yeah. So I've been very impressed with him in this tournament. And you're right; it's not just the it's not just the the flashiness and the and the try scoring ability which he's you know he's got. He is so strong. His counter rucking is brilliant. Like you do not want to get if you sling the ball too wide and he makes a tackle and he's back up on his feet. And he's and he's driving you off the ball. I, I thought he's really impressive in defence throughout the whole tournament, really. 
Yeah, then I've got I've got Ken Owens. He didn't actually start his first choice, if you remember, the first game he wasn't picked. But as time's gone yeah. on, he's just become it was Teddy Thomas and uh, Villiers in the first game. And um then he was undroppable. Yeah, exactly. I know that's France though, isn't it? I mean, they're just they're gonna have I mean we we saw it for years and years when they had Lievremont in charge and well actually anyone who was in charge of France would chop and change their side every single week, wouldn't they? But now they've they've got the quality to do that. And it's I don't know, I think I think they're gonna be a bit more consistent in in selection now. Uh who's caught your eye, Murph? Uh there's a few. I, I funny enough, I, I just when you gave me a chance to think, I went and got my sheet out, which was our predictions for the tournament thing. Oh god. Thank you. And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, I haven't got yours written down. You're safe. Is that, oh. I just got mine written down. I, I wouldn't do that to you. I mean, I, I like it. Everyone, um, every everyone knows how wrong I was. I told you it was an elaborate <laughs> ruse so that the wheels would fall off England and think, we'd win the title. <laughs> um, I think if you went into detail, it gets worse. Though. Uh, <laughs> my, I had actually had Damien Pinot as my top try scorer for the tournament. He wasn't actually top try scorer though, was he? Was, was it Rhys Ahmed top try scorer? Bloody hell, man. I mean, like, you're welcome. Are... you're welcome. Another hospital pass. I know. Well, this is, a, know. This, is this is easily sorted. I'm normally a top try score was doing Van der Merle with five tries. Oh, right. Oh, okay. Well, anyway, um, so I suppose standout probably played himself onto the uh, the plane, as we know it is now, going to be a plane, not a train, onto the plane for Lions is um, Tyke Byrne. Wonderful, yeah. wasn't he? Yeah. yeah. I mean, we know all about him. I mean, we knew already, I think, in Wales from his time at the Scarlet, but he's just, he's kicked on again from, from being really good. He's kicked on, especially when they moved into blindside for that game. Mm. And he just, he, when he starts playing that well in multiple positions, then, you know, it's difficult for the Lions to leave him out, I think. Yeah. And yeah. you're exactly right. You know, that, that versatility always holds you in good stead, doesn't it? Because we know that the picking a 50 man squad like Woodward did in, uh, <laughs> you know, in, in 2005 just isn't, isn't good for the camp. So you do need, play- I mean, not that there are as, as many tour games this time around, but you still need players to fill in and there's going to be, you know, injury concerns and niggles like that. So you need players who are, who are going to be able to do a, a job in multiple positions. But you'd feel quite comfortable with him at, at flank. I, I think Locke is his best position still. But I think he, I think he looks comfortable in. He looks comfortable at blindside in international level, and I wouldn't have a problem with him there no. against against anyone really. He's a genuine different player, isn't he? At both six and second row, mm. like to to other sixes, and then at other second rows, he he does have a point of difference. Yeah, so he's. He's a, he's a monster over the ball. He's an absolute monster over the ball. He's reading over the of the breakdown. Yeah, like he just picks yeah. the right one to be in every time. Seems like, and and which ones not to be in. So um, it, there's a few players who just seem to be able to decide in a, less than the blink of an eye, which is the right with Josh. Well, Navidi does it, and yeah. uh, lots of them do it. But it just get it right every time. It's, it's, so I, I I don't know what I got no idea what stimulus they're reacting to to be honest but they just seem to click straight away no point in that one this is mine and they just um, I, I think it's that as, as much as their physical capabilities they're reading is the reason why they make so many turnovers it's, it's yeah. from second row as well isn't it Murph? and and Jay, like how he does it from second when he's playing second row as well I, I think the thing is he, he doesn't look like he doesn't look like a flanker playing second row and he doesn't look like a second row playing flanker he looks he, he looks equally at home with that number on the back of his shirt and you know when you've got a second row who can turn ball over that well that's I think that's that's a game changer I think like we've said before you can't go to South Africa and try and just rough them up 
you've got obviously you've got a physical pack of course you have but you've got to be you've got to be massively clever and i think is is rugby intelligence and knowing when to when to pick and when to contest will will definitely guarantee he's on the plane and i think we'll uh we'll give him a damn good shot of of getting in that test 23 mm. yeah i think that he's filled he seems to have filled out in the lower body as well his legs mm. and i think that's why he doesn't look like such a small or slightly built second row anymore if you yeah. know what I mean it just looks like a tank now so um, yeah that's my one of well there was a few I mean obviously everyone I mean I think everyone in the, in the country was caught by LRZ yeah eye-catching performances but um, yeah your turn <laughs> I, do you know what I'm gonna I'm I feel like I feel like one of us has to pick a Welshman because we won the thing and for me, I, I think, yeah, Dan, Dan mentioned Ken Owens made a massive difference. You know, I think in those games where we weren't particularly convincing, Alan Wynne jones was outstanding again. But the player for me, I just think, is Wales' most important player is Josh Navidi. And anyone who is considering taking a Lions, you know, picking their Lions side and, and not having him in that squad... I think you need to. I think you need to re reassess that because it's. Uh, yeah. I he's just he's just class. Every time you every time you watch him, he is making a positive impact on the game. Tackles, carries over the ball, you know, fends, making breaks. He's just got he's got the lot, and I think that that has proved so important for Wales in this. Like every game that we played well under Pivak, Navidi's been in. You know, the the best game we'd had prior to this tournament was against England last. Um, in 2020, the one you were at, Dan, and uh, and he was exceptional in that game as well. And I think that that's the, uh, you know, that's the. It just, it just we just look like a different side when he's in there. He's just the the perfect back row forward. Um, so yeah, I'd be I'd be going for him, even though he, you know, even though he wasn't available for the first game. But does he? Oh no, he did. He came off the bench, didn't he? That's right. He came off the bench for the first game, then he missed. Um, then he missed. Yeah, yeah, it was the Dan Liddard injury, injury in the first few minutes of the yeah. Ireland game. Um, I, I just think if, if you're going down there and intending to bottle up some of the massive South African ball carriers, yeah, there's no one in the British Isles you pick ahead of Josh Navidi. No, no I think that. I, I yeah, not, I not Tom Curry, not uh, oh god, the Bath Open side whose name escapes me. Underhill. Yeah, not Underhill. No, no, he's better than every single one of those. And Ty Byrne and any Hamish Watson is the best defensive blindside. Um, uh, biased as I am, I don't think it's. A, I don't think you could even make an argument against it. No, I don't. I, honestly, I don't think you can. And you know, again, if people want to listen to me being foolish about rugby, as I do regularly, you know, go back and listen to the podcast of four years ago when I was like, you oh, know, he's a fabulous player, but is he really an international? You know, and and then you just you watch him, you watch him closely and go, geez, he's got everything. And I remember Dan going to that, that game against New Zealand in what was that, 2017, and uh, he had an absolute stormer. And I just thought. Yeah, it was it was at that point I was converted. Like you know, I'm sure most people were converted well before that. But he just yeah, he gets he gets better and better. And um, yeah, yeah did, he's did, a stunning player. In the New Zealand coach, yeah, yeah Hanson Hansen said, "Where'd you get that seven from?" Yeah, yeah, who's that? <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I mean, you weren't you weren't alone. Lots of people thought he was just a high quality club player. But he, I mean, he looks. Uh, you know, I, I know it's it's mental, and if you you know if you see him in the flesh it's probably quite different but he just never looked that big but he's so strong it, it, i know everyone talks about his old man being a wrestler and stuff but it's wrestler's strength isn't it it's that ability to outpower someone not just through size
but through transferring your weight and it's real clever like clever instinctive stuff that whether he's hitting a ruck making a tackle jackling or handing someone off he can just put he can put so much power into it i just yeah i'm i I, he's a a truly magnificent player Mm. Uh, correct correct yeah there we go i if I can be right about one thing, it's being in 2021 saying Josh Navidi. Josh Navidi's a great player. There we go. Be safer. It's the kind of that's the kind of insight that uh, that people come to this podcast for. Uh, yeah, there we go. I do feel quite foolish. Right, we are going to carry on talking about the Six Nations. We've also got some great listeners' questions in. Uh, we are going to have a look ahead to the European fixture list, which I'm going to quickly brush up on during the break. Um, but we're going to have that break right now. Right, and welcome to the second half of the Attacking Scrum podcast. We have got loads to still get through. And uh, yeah, it's uh, it does it does still feel a little bit surreal to say that we're uh, we're Six Nations champions because it's still only uh, it's still only a week after that that crushing defeat. But uh, yeah, nonetheless, the 28th, 28th title for Wales, which is uh, not to be sniffed at. But here's one for you, Murph. All right, seeing as um, you're trying to get your own back now. Yeah, I am. Seeing as seeing as uh, well this is for both of you actually but seeing as I had to rapidly get onto Wikipedia when you asked me uh, yeah uh, (laughs) I'm just opening Google Chrome one sec (laughs) (laughs) no this is good this will be fun right so obviously um, there's the you know the the main title we all we all know about that and there's the the triple crown but there's a number of sub um, sub competitions within there you know trophies that are handed out for one-off games all right, and yeah. there's a few, there's a few of these that I, I genuinely didn't know, right? So I'm going to throw. Um, yeah, there was a trophy last Saturday, last Friday night, wasn't there? Was there? The, the, the yes, Scott there was. Yes, the there was. Yeah. You're right. And, and again, I'm looking at it, and I can't ever remember noticing it before. Well, here we go. So this uh, this this short quiz for you both. Right, oh, we'll start shit. with a nice. Now, oh, who should I throw this nice easy one to? <laughs> yeah, Dan. England, uh, Scotland, yeah. Dan, the Calcutta <laughs> Cup. Who's that contested between? <laughs> uh-huh. It's Come actually a question, is it? Yeah, it's actually <laughs> England, Scotland. There we go. Nice and easy. Right, now I'll, I'll pick a nice, easy one for, for you as well, Murph. Um, let's go for the, uh, the Old Alliance Trophy. The Old Alliance Trophy. Never heard of it in my life. So that means I'm going to say Scotland and Ireland. It's not Scotland and Ireland. Dan, do you want to have a guess? France, Ireland? No, it's actually the one Murph was talking about then. It's, uh, yes, the old Alliance trophy is Scotland and France. And it's only the third time it's been awarded. So it's one of the, the new novelty ones. And what does the old Alliance refer to? <laughs> oh, God, how are you still stitching me up? Right. Well, no, um, I mean, like, is it... it so yeah is that like a company i've never heard of or? no 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 it's old as in like the old enemy a-u-l-d old lang syne type spelling oh, right. yeah. um, and it was first awarded uh, in 2018 the centenary of the end of world war one to commemorate the french and scottish rugby players who were killed during the conflict oh, there you go yeah. did not know that i'd never noticed that, that there was a trophy handed out at the end of that game yeah. uh mm. dan the doddy weir cup the Doddy Weir Cup, that is Scotland. <laughs> and, oh. Is it Wales? 
Yes. Yeah. <laughs> God, you're making it. You're making it hard for me here, Dan. Um, right, you know, Murph. Let's pick another easy one for you. The, thanks, um, thanks. Thanks so much. Let's go for the centenary quex. I think it's pronounced centenary quex. It's spelled Q U A I C H. Q U I. Quex. Quex. I think. I think that's it. I'm again. I, that I, sounds I, like Scottish for quiche. <laughs> Q A I C H, or like bad weather in Hebrides. <laughs> oh, um, it's, it's a fog that stops all the shipping. Yeah. So uh, I, I'm gonna. Well, I'm gonna say Scotland again because it sounds like a Scottish word. Scotland and Ireland again. He's got Yay! it. He's got oh, it. Really love that stuff. Yeah. It's a. It's a yeah. It's a Celtic word. So um, yeah. I again didn't think that's what I meant. But it's a yeah a, a, a Scottish um, a Scottish two-handled cup uh, which uh, symbolises friendship. So there you go. Look, um, right, we've we still got still got a couple of these. I oh, know we've got one one left over. So this is your one, Dan. The Giuseppe Garibaldi Trophy. Uh, France, Italy. France, Italy. There you go. So uh, yeah, I wasn't keeping scores there, but obviously Dan won. Um, right, good bit of good bit of fun that. Um, Shall we move on and have a look at the uh, European rugby next week, or do you want to take a few listeners' questions? Should we take a listeners' question? Yeah, why not? Yeah. All right. This one has come from uh, from Nathan Berry. Uh, do we think this was Alan Wynne Jones's final Six Nations? Uh, who should be given the captaincy if it is? Dan, start with that. Start with uh, is it is it Alan Wynne's last last Six Nations? No, can't see that being his last Six Nations. At all, another ten to go. <laughs> no, but he's he's going to go on, isn't he? And the way he played as well. I, I think so. I, I think he'll be there next year, Murph. I think he probably will. But there's an opportunity because uh, your your bet uh, of Manu Atuji being captain is starting to look a bit sick now. Oh, it looks very shaky. Yeah, I, yeah. I think I think Alan Wynn goes and he's captain. I think. Yeah, and where the opportunity comes in is if he goes and leads the Lions to a. Test series win. You've got the opportunity to just say, "I'm a legend, and I'm packing it in right on the very top of his game." Was it? I mean, where else can you go from there apart from you know he could play on, but he could, he's got the opportunity to say, "Okay, I'm I'm the Welsh Willie John McBride." Mm. That's the end of it. Uh, he is, as we know, under negotiation for his um, contract extension, and he probably got the opportunity to just say, "No thanks, I'll, I'll leave it there." So. It's a possibility if he has like an amazing tour and it all goes well, he could say that's a nice time to finish. But uh, yeah, you're right. And, and you, we were on about before about um, him possibly even doing another World Cup mm. the way he's right now. And it was, if it was any other player, you'd say, no, forget it. But uh, it, yeah. you just can't, you can't, sec- you can't. You can't second them. guess him either though, can you? Because he also strikes me as a kind of player who just announced on a Tuesday with no press conference, he's retired. And you, and you don't get that yeah, final farewell. <laughs> yeah. You don't get that final farewell game at, at the Millennium or anything. He's just like, oh, that's it now. That's uh, that's the last yeah, one. Yeah. You know? um, but yeah, I I could I could see him going on. I just think he's again in the autumn. Those doubts are creeping in. I just thought, oh, maybe maybe it's just you know it's it's been you know one campaign too far. But it doesn't it doesn't look it. So um, that said, though, looking ahead to uh, to the future, and this ties in with another question we're going to do in a sec who who is the the next cab off the rank as kind of the long-term the long-term captain of Wales because you know obviously Ken is the 
is, you know, I guess the the obvious the obvious standing, but he's he's of, the, of a similar age, so you're not likely to be to be the longer term captain. Who um who would you be looking at, Murph? Do you know what? I don't. I do not know. I, I haven't given it any thought. I mean, um, a lot of the, a lot of the obvious choices are also quite long in the mm. tough. So I was I was thinking more along the lines of if and when Alan Wynn goes, who's going to fill the massive hole in the second row more than captain? Um, there's not an awful lot of immediate choices. I mean, Dan Bigger's only uh, thirty, but does he? Mm. Going forwards, does he definitely keep his place if, say, Callum Sheedy keeps getting better and even if Gareth Anscombe is fit again? It, has, he, has he done much captaincy as well, Big? I mean, obviously, he's got experience. He's a, he's a proven leader. I don't remember too many. Uh, he no. lost the captain, the Ospreys, at points, has he? Well, when, when he was younger, you wouldn't, you would, he was very, uh, he was quite, still quite precocious when he was mm. on the scene as a young man. So you wouldn't give him the captaincy, but he's such a mature head now, I think, that you could make mm. him. Yeah. But I, I, because you know, like John Davis is, he's struggling in a way to hold on to his place in the in the side. Tips so, and tips 30, 31. So yeah. it's, it's not it's not straightforward. Um, so maybe what I said about Alan Wynn <laughs> packing in at the Lions is just going to have to change his mind and carry on until uh, the thing is, there's no one who is like a cast iron pick who's young. Yeah, no, there's not. There's not. It's not. Uh, and do you know what? The thing is, like, it's been so long that we've had, because obviously we've had Alan Wynn for a long period of time and then Sam for a long period of time before that. So you're going back 10 years since we had, you know, a chop and change scenario, you know, with Matthew Reeves. Yeah, and, and, and before that, uh, before Sam, uh, Ryan Jones set the record. Ryan Jones for a long time, yeah. Most caps as captain. So, yeah, you're right. We haven't had a chop and change. There has been people in between, like Ethan Jenkins, filling little gaps here and there. Yeah. But, um, yeah, Ellis Jenkins was talked about, wasn't he, as taking over the captaincy? I mean, he's and cap- he did. He's captain. He has captain. He is yeah, captain. Signs. Um, um, I, 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 ever since they said that, he's been out for two years. Yeah. yeah. No, it's yeah. We should probably end this chat then, shouldn't we? On that. Yeah. But, I mean, well, <laughs> I, we, 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 we don't know, Mister yeah. Question Poser. We yeah. just don't know. I, don't, don't I'd, go with, don't, I'd go with Tipperick. Would you? Yeah. I think I think uh, well, Tipperick has got a, you know a good few years, a good couple of years in him anyway. Um, I, I just I don't think there's anyone who's a you know is, is a nailed on pick who's also got lots of captaincy experience. I think I think if Alan Wynn were to go, I think Corey Hill would be in with a decent shake because I think he is that he's that player who would come come straight into the side. And there's a good few captains in there, aren't there? But the problem is, is that um, no long term pick, is it? No. Yeah, there's no there's no real long term pick like a like a sort of Warburton. You know, you pick Warburton at a really young age, but then. You've also got to pick someone that you think is gonna is gonna start, yeah. Uh, or, well, or do you have to? Or do you, you pick? You, your, or do you pick your side and pick a, a club cap? Yeah, yeah. But I, I think Tipperick, you know, obviously Falatau is going to start, but he's you know he's not a captain, and um, you know I think I think he was talked. They were they were trying to get him more vocal at one point, but it just it just didn't work, um, and he doesn't want any of that disease. So I, I think Tipperick is, you know, Tipperick's probably. There, thereabouts, isn't he? Really? He's, got, he's got the standing to do it, hasn't he? I mean, not yeah. just within the squad, but yeah, yeah, rugby globally, like he's he's a known figure. So, yeah, I often I don't know. I often think he's kind of he's admired more globally, perhaps than he than he is in Wales. I, I sometimes think he doesn't get the credit here. Just uh, you know, I don't know. Maybe it's because we've got lots of lots of brilliant back row forwards. But I mean, he is he's been some he's been some servant for Wales. You think all the time he's done. 
you know, he's done on the bench and not even in the side as well when he was comfortably, you know, an international, if not world-class seven. Uh, yeah, I've got yeah, it's, massive, massive amount of respect. And, and I think he's, you know, he's a, he's a Wales great. It's a great question though, isn't it? Because that, you know, when Alan Wynn does go, that not having that voice in the change room, which you know is, you know, it's a big voice. That's a, oh, he, yeah. He's big, you know, he's big, he's big presence, big voice, big man. Well, yeah, he, he was that before he was captain as well. You know, oh, yeah. when Sam, he, he was he was always like setting the standard anyway. So um, yeah. even captaincy aside, it's going to be a huge hold of fill. So it's it's very similar to Ireland when you know Barden O'Connell went in. You know, in the space of a couple of years, you know, so you had um, two players who had been the yeah outstanding leaders and captains for them. Then it became, you know, it became more difficult than it. Rory Best did it for, uh, but they, again, they had a couple of seasons where they rotated captains and messed around a bit before they, before they kind of settled on Rory Best, I think. But uh, yeah, it's um, yeah, it's a tricky one. Let's um, let's stick with the future though, because we've had this question, uh, had this question uh, come in. This one's from Patrick. Which players uh, would come into the squad on a development tour? Now again, we're probably not going to get a development tour unless it takes place over over here, but. Um, what players would you be looking at, Dan? I know you were you were writing down furiously in the first half. Yeah, I had a little had a little look at this question. It's good, another another good question. So I've, I've broken it. I've broken a few, picked a few players from from Blues, Dragons, Ospreys, and Scarlets. Um, so Blues, I've jotted down uh, Gwill and Bradley. Cool, blimey! Proper homework. Uh, Flanker. Sorry, and, hang and on a minute. Hang on a minute, Dan. You've only watched eight games of rugby all year. Where's who's giving you this intelligence? Eight, yeah. Two, two or th- two or three games, not eight. <laughs> oh god, yeah. It's the old height. It's the it's the highlights reels you you always bring out about, isn't it? He's watched. <laughs> <laughs> you've been yeah, you've been scouring uh, you've been scouring YouTube for highlights. Go on, get, what talk, talk yeah, to us more about Gwill and Bradley. Gwill and Bradley at, at at flank as well. You know, well regarded down the Blues. Um, good up and coming, up and coming youngster. I think quite a lot, quite a lot of the play- well, two of the players I've picked have actually um, were. I think they're exiles actually. We're, we're, we're sort of down, down this way. Um, one of them links to to Kingston actually, where where I am. But um, yeah, Gwill and Bradley, a flanker, um, Ellis Bevan at scrum half, who's another well-regarded player, and um, Mason Grady, who I know we. I think we. Talked about him briefly, didn't we? Two weeks ago, we did. In the, when he the other week, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I, I, to, I tell you another player I like at, um, at Cardiff who I think is is going to be an interesting one, and that's Max Llewellyn. I think he's going to be um, he's going to be very interesting for them going forward. They've got they've got some some real talent in the in the centres, and I'd like to see him get a, get a fair bit of game time. And I mean, it, it depends. The whole development tour thing is interesting, though, isn't it? Because I. I suppose in a normal year you, we would be going to you know like so what did we go? Uh, we went to Tonga and uh, and, and Samoa four years ago, didn't we? And then we went to Japan eight years ago. So you know you'd probably be taking players who've got a fair bit of club experience, I guess. And yeah, I mean yeah. these yeah these are these are proper you know proper youngsters. A lot of them really really raw. I was just um, going to say some of those would probably be in the under twenties right now, wouldn't they? I, I, yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. So it won't, it, they won't go. But it's just like a really, I suppose, looking looking really into the, you know really into the future. It won't yeah, like it, it won't happen. But are um, 
Are they doing an under twenties World Cup this summer? They're not, are they? I don't think it's been announced necessarily. I, I would be I would be surprised if they do. Yeah, it's just you know logistically it's too difficult, which again is two years without uh, without one. Which I don't know. It's it's big. I think it's massive for development that Junior World Cup. I really do. It's it's yeah. Uh, yeah. You know, you look at the you look at the, the crop of players who have honed their skills for, for Wales coming through it, and and actually honed their skills for other countries and then gone on to play for Wales. But it's. Uh, yeah, it, it, it is a it is a really important thing, I think, and um, yeah, it'd be a shame not to it'd be a shame not to see it again this year. Who else you got on this list, Dan? I mean, I'm enjoying this. Yeah, one last from the Blues. I really like um, Ben Thomas. I like the look of. Yeah, I like Ben Thomas. Yeah, really, really classy, classy operator. Um, Ten or twelve for you? Twelve for me. Ditto, man. I, I I can't work out why if he is able to play the way. He, he he has been playing. Why were they bothering picking Jason Turvey? Yeah, it's a it's a really good question. Um, it's just it came about, I think, by injury in the end. Turvey had a bit of a knock, and so they had to play Ben Thomas, and and he was just brilliant. You know, and they must have known. He'd shown signs of it last season, so it just seemed like he he might have a few duff games, and you know, might you know need to learn a few harsh lessons along the way. There's no future in playing Jason Tubby. You know, he's not going to get you through to the playoffs. No. So, the, I, to me, uh, Ben Thomas should have been playing the whole time for me, but 10 or 12 or whatever, he just should be in the side because he just, I think he probably looks a bit slight for a 12. Yeah. But it, yeah, he just loses pass. Like, he's just, uh, he's kind of the. There's a touch of the Hensons about him, the way he kind of glides over the pitch, I think. And he's, you know, he's got that, he's got that footballing skill, the eye for a gap. I, that's that's yeah. all I like about it. He's obviously not as physical as, as Henson. No, he strikes me as the type of centre that Mark Ring keeps going on about. He's gone out of fashion and just plays with his head up all the time. Yeah. You, you know, the Mark Ring, he's very critical of modern rugby and everything else on Twitter. And, He's just talking about crash ball centres and all this stuff. And if you've got a football in 12, you can see what's in front of it. If there's nothing on wide, then, you know, the chips ahead and all that kind of thing from 12 in the style of, say, a Matt Gitter or whatever. Yeah. Makes a massive difference to your back line. So I think they should make more use of him. I mean, they got some quite expensive imports there at centre. And they could save a few quid by playing him more often. Well, I mean, the, the the thing is, yeah, no, you're you're absolutely right. I, I like I say, I think I think twelve is personally is, is his best position. But they're threadbare at ten. You know, obviously Priestland arrives uh, arrives at the end of his contract. But oh, yeah, yeah. The, but they fact, yeah, you're right. I mean, Tuffy is a you know is a is a is a journeyman, and um, you know is kind of filling is filling a gap. But that's it, isn't it? I mean, I, Ben, you're right. I, it does seem like a good opportunity to give Ben Thomas a bit more time there. And like, like I say, it's not costing them a place in the playoffs at all, is it? It's not. It's not like you know they were in with a shout of anything. So they just well developed Ben Thomas for my money. But there we are. Uh, so, so just from my little list, just mm. I made up off the top of my head while I was uh, pontificating about someone else is um, well, while Dan was reading someone else's intelligence. <laughs> uh, yeah. Obviously Jack Morgan, but Jack Morgan probably at the stage where he might be pushing for the full squad, not yeah. not the development squad. Uh, ben Carter, obviously. At the Dragons, yeah. uh, Ruben Morgan Williams. Yeah, Some of the well, youngsters yeah. of uh, I thought young scrum halves who were around who were looking really good last year have gone a bit backwards last year. Like Dane Blacker is not so hot at the moment. He's not playing know. a lot, is he? No, and he, when he is on, he's making a lot of errors. Yeah. Uh, but Jamie Hill, 
he might be an under twenty type age at Cardiff. I I was impressed with him a couple of a couple of weeks back. He had a cracking game, didn't he? Um, yeah. I can't I can't remember who it was against now, but um, and, yeah, he's an interesting one. And there's probably loads of the Scarlets, so we we just I just don't know enough about to to name them all. There's we got a lot Morgan of Jones. Yeah, yeah. He's, he's been he's been doing a good job in the row, hasn't he? Who so who, who else you got, Dan? Go on, you've you've done you've done Cardiff. What you got at the at the drags? Yeah, dragons. I've got um, uh, Aniron Owen or Aniron yeah. Bevan, as uh, <laughs> as Eddie 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 Butler Eddie Butler calls him. <laughs> yeah, he's uh, he, had, he had another good game today. He's a uh, he's a good, he's looking more and more composed. Uh, yeah. he's a very young guy. Is he yeah, quality. Big, yeah, he's big. I'm a big fan of his. He's a he's a, yeah. he's a good player. So him, uh, Ben Fry. Yeah, Ben Fry. Um, again, he's he's impressed in fits. So he's giving away a lot of penalties lately. But again, I think that that comes, doesn't it, with with when you're playing seven, you you learn how to play referees better. But he's again, he's he's really strong over the ball. He's a he's a really hard like clamp like figure to to get off the ball. He's a very very impressive, really good signing. He's been. And then uh, Murph mentioned, um, yeah, Ben Carter. Yeah, ben Carter's looks, looks quality, yeah. doesn't he? Um, Ospreys, had, yeah, Ruben Morgan Williams down, looks looks sharper. And Reese Davis, good player, isn't he? Yeah, big lump came from over the bridge, didn't he? Yeah, I think he's been. Yeah, I think he's made a massive. He's made a massive impact. I think he's pretty. Yeah, he's, he's, played, he's played most. He's played most games, hasn't he? Throughout the season, he must have played yeah. a load of fixtures. Real solid, you know, putting solid performances just. Nuts and bolts, and yeah, I think he'll only he'll only get better, you know, with with a bit of age there, won't he? Mm. Um, and then Scarlett, yeah, um, Carwin to a Pilotas, obviously. Yeah. I mean, he's the he's the one we're all very about. excited about, aren't we? You know, there's there's so there's so much to love there. Um, yes, there is. Mean, yeah, his his beautiful his beautiful name, if nothing if nothing else, is just fantastic. But um, but yeah, I mean, obviously the. There's a huge amount of talk about just what a what a talent he is, and uh, it's, yeah, it's going to be exciting to see him get more game time. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's, he's a big prospect. For sure, I like Prothero at the Ospreys. Yeah, he's been again. He's been a great signing, hasn't he? Like he's really, really good, good signing. I mean, yeah, it just looks like there's nothing of him, doesn't there? But he's uh, he's really clever. He's you know he knows how to get out of tight spots. He's got a good kicking game. He's lightning quick. Uh, yeah, I've been really impressed with him. Um, young Scarlet's Young Scarlet's ten names. Uh, Costello, yeah. Costello, yeah. Elvis, yeah. Um, Victor, <laughs> Victor, yeah. <laughs> References that would probably be completely lost on him as well. I'm sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There's actually. Yeah. There's. I mean. There's a. There's a. There's a lot. Of, there's a lot of players. There's a lot. It's, it is very exciting, isn't it? The amount of the amount of the amount of talent we've got. Um, really, in 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 Welsh rugby at the moment, haven't we? There's a yeah. lot. There's there's a lot out there. Yeah, I mean, the See, thing is, Murph's, Murph's mentioned it there, right? As much as we bemoan Kieran Williams, yeah, Kieran Williams, a fabulous player, isn't he? But as much as we bemoan the Pro Fourteen, it does give an opportunity because there are so many dead rubbers in there. It does give an opportunity to for these players to develop, get game time against you know some serious hardened professionals and. You know, learn things, learn things the hard way, and I suppose that is the one. You know, that is the the one good thing about it. And I think we're going to see a lot more dead rubbers as we head into the the Rainbow Zippy Bungle and George Cup uh, in 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 future weeks because it's uh, yeah. I, my understanding of it is is there's two pools of eight, 
and the top two, the top team from each pool will meet in the final. It's like, oh, great. So it'll be Leinster against someone then. And oh, just like, there's going to be a lot of dead rubbers in there, isn't there? There's going to be, you know, it's, it's not like it's going to end up with a, a rush for people to be making the quarterfinals or anything. It's going to, we're going to know after four weeks who's going to win each, win each pool. Yeah. It's, it's massively underwhelming. Yeah, I know. I mean, it's essential for you know for closing out the TV deal and, and bringing revenue in and bedding well, in uh, South Africans. The, the, the Pro 14 actually need games now to bridge between here and the Lions. Yeah, that's true. Otherwise, all they've got left is a uh, European uh, Cup tournament and then you're finished. Interesting one, though. Could this be, And because again, prov- providing that the South African side turned up fully loaded and we're dealing with you know the good South African sides now, it could be a good opportunity for a few players to stick their hand up. You know, if you go and have a, a storming great game against, um, you know, uh, against the, the Bulls or the Stormers or something, that probably does carry a bit more form than it does playing against even, you know, a Munster second string uh, in February when all the internationals are away. I think perhaps that's a, that is something that, you know, a few players a few players might be able to, to potentially stick their hand up. I don't know. Well, they need it more than we do. The South Africans haven't played any rugby. So they, they definitely need the Rainbow Cup. Um, yeah, you're right. I mean, I think some of the uh, English players, for example, they need the European Cup now really bad to, to, to make a case for their, their selection. So um, I tell you what, though, some high quality stuff going on. I can, I can still see a bucket load of England players making that making that yeah. Lions squad. Yeah. And, and it's not going to be down to, to bias or anything like that. I think it's because Gatlin will look at it and take a decision based on how he can get those players ready. And there'll be some players there who are out of form. I mean, he did it with with John Fox in 2017. If you remember, he had a very underwhelming Six Nations. Uh, he had that kick against England at the end of the game, which, you know, which they ended up scoring from. And, you know, mm-hmm. he came back from there because Gatlin knows what class act he is and he knows that he will, in time, and he ended up being player of the tournament, uh, player of the series. So Yeah, I, I dissed him. I completely dissed yeah. him. He, he's, not, he's not playing anywhere near his... Half his half his self at the moment, and didn't pick him. I wouldn't have picked him in my squad, and uh, so you know, just same as you with uh, uh, England winning this tournament. Mm. <laughs> it just makes it too. It's just rugby union just makes a complete fool of you, doesn't it? So, um, well, yeah, it does, and that's that's the beauty of it, I suppose. Yeah. yeah. Um, uh, we were saying about about English players playing themselves in the fall. Jack, no- Jack Noel, if he gets fit in the next couple of weeks, could play himself on the plane. Yeah, he could, couldn't he? Yeah. That's, that, that, I mean, that's how much depth they got, you know. So, um, yeah, I think I, I think, I think, I think Johnny May does, doesn't look like a lion to me. Everyone says he makes the plane, but I, I think he. Not for me. If he's not the fastest player on the pitch, which, you know, uh, Rissamit showed that he's not in the Six Nations, then what, what is he there? You know, what attributes. He's not a creative player. He just kind of runs really quick and uh, and and hopes for the best. I would what, say. What we do know now is yeah. that we're going to be playing the game on South African soil, though, which again, speedsters will will become. You know, so if, so if he, I mean, you know, if he's not the fastest player on the pitch, if he's the second player, fastest player on the pitch behind Lewis Rizamet, you've still got yourself ahead of a deadly winger. So I, I yeah. wouldn't be surprised to see him. I think we've got better wingers though. Do you? Mm. Well, do, do yeah, Andrew, I think Watson Murphy is a top try scorer in the tournament, and well, you couldn't you couldn't argue with that. He's got a massive shout of going, hasn't he? He's got an absolutely massive shout of going. I'd have him over Johnny May every day of the week. Would you? Yeah, yeah. I, yeah. Yeah, Josh. I don't know. He just... 
he's there's no he's obviously quick, but I just worry about him worrying about him under the high ball when he turns. Bizarrely, he maybe it's a bit unfair, but he did catch almost everything for two years after I think I said that he was he was a little bit ropey under the high ball. Mm. But he, but, he obviously worked hard on it, hasn't he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I think but, he worked. He worked but it's hard. Gone, on, he worked he, hard on lots of aspects of his game, didn't he? Because I was I was never much of a fan. I thought he cuts inside too often. Like he like, never runs straight. He just cuts inside, 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 and gets caught. And he's you know he worked on so many aspects of his game. I thought he's one of the most improved players in world rugby for a while. But you're banking on him finding the form of of, of you know eighteen months, two years ago now. I think and well, he's thirty as well, and yeah. you know, that's fine in some positions. But on the wing, like you've got to be like. Shane well, Williams played, played was World Player of the Year at the age of thirty-one, but for for wingers, that's rare. You know, the, mm. it's the start of the pace drifting away from him, uh, if if you know what I mean. And if you know, so I I'd go for a younger man. I would. Uh, I mean, obviously Louis Rees-Mogg's going to go, but uh, I, I'd go for um, Andrew Merver. There's a few Anthony Watson. I, I'd, I'd take oh, Watson. Watson definitely knows. He's nailed on, isn't he? Yeah, you know, Watson. You... Josh Adams. Yeah. Yeah, Josh. Uh, Stockdale, if he has a good tournament now for the next few weeks, maybe him with a shout. There's, a, there's, there's loads of competition, and that's why Johnny May, I would say, is under pressure for his yeah, yeah. yeah, at one point you you'd probably it was almost a given, wasn't it? With I mean, uh, with with May. Um yeah. you know, going back going back a few months, but that's the amazing thing though, isn't it? Is you can just have those, you know. Form and quality both both play into it because if you hit form at the right time and you know that there's more to come from a certain player, then there's every chance Gatlin will take him. But likewise, as we said with John Fox, if you're a proven pedigree and he and he feels like he can get you up to your best, um, then you know then he's uh, he's got every chance doing it. To use uh, obviously we haven't had a an analogy from another another sport yet so far this week so i'm going to go to my stable horse racing one it's we like, need a it's... siren for, we need a siren for these. it just sort of goes off like, <laughs> yeah i think you're right mate and, but yeah it's like it's like you know it's nicky henderson getting a getting a horse ready for the champion chase isn't it it's just like they're just uh, i think gatland is like that when it comes to big to big tournaments and big tours he can get he can get the most out of players who perhaps have lost a bit of form. Likewise, he he's happy to pick someone who's got three caps to his name and and knows that there's more to come. So, yeah, I think you'd be happy though, Jed, with with doing that with some of the English boys. Obviously, he knows you know Jot. He knows the Welsh boys inside and out, mate. The the thing that makes Gatland a brilliant international coach is he's an exceptionally good judge of whether a player can go to the absolute very very depths of your soul to win a to win the biggest games you know the 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 real bottom of the barrel darkest dirtiest win ugly kind of games and and i think he's always been really good at identifying that and i and i think the character that goes with it as well and so i think that's that's what will make that's what his judgments will be down to you know and we always said he largely ignored pro 14 form because it didn't it didn't mean a great deal and would trust a lot more what a, what a player did in Europe when the pressure was on and and then likewise what a player does in the in the international sphere so that's what I think it will come down to it just occurred to me that we could end up in the first test with um Lewis Rees-Samit up against Mapimpi yeah oh. and then Jesslyn Colby against 
I don't know yeah. what my second choice is on the other wing. I think it could be Watson on that wing. I mean, it'd be Watson for me. I'd have Watson and Lewis Rees at the moment. I'd, I'd be asking if I could mark Mumhibby instead. <laughs> <laughs> no, you have this guy. I love the I love the other one who's only lightning, not the one you, not the not the other guy who can do teleportation. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I mean, it's it's going to be exciting. Obviously, we're going to talk about that. Um, a lot more. Let's just switch back to club rugby for the time being, because we have had this question in from James Reese. Are we in a period now of consistent upward curve for the Welsh regions? Uh, and he's kind of dropped a few notes on this. Dragons look settled with a blend of youth and experience. Arguably, uh, arguably the Ospreys are a standout region this season. And uh, Scarlets and, and Cardiff obviously both have uh, both have a lot of a lot of talent in their in their squads. Um, is this a bit of a flash in the pan, or do we do we think? Things are moving in the right direction, Dan. I think things are moving in the right direction. You know, Dragons. Uh, yeah, Dragons got uh, was it six wins, wasn't it? You know, six wins have have played very well as well in the number of games they've lost, and I think be really, really disappointed with certainly probably four of those games where they should they should have won. Um, Ospreys have completely turned it around, haven't they? From where they were. Um, blues, you know, blues have been a little hit and miss, eight wins. And, um, Scarlet's have, I suppose, Scarlet's went backwards a bit, didn't they? And then, uh, have, have, have sort of stalled and then, you know, picked up again. I, I think, I don't think we could say that it's, um, you know, we're out, we're out of the woods, but it definitely, um, it definitely seems that all the sides are. Uh, uh, are getting are getting getting better than improving. I think some of the signings for next season are very exciting. I think if you look at Thomas Francis coming in at uh, at the Scarlets uh, at um, uh, the Ospreys, that's right, isn't it? He, um, yeah, he's going to the Ospreys. Yeah, bloody yeah. Murph, making me doubt myself about everything now. I can't. Uh, I've normally got an encyclopedic knowledge for these things, but it's yeah. got into your head now. He has. He's in, he's living rent free inside my head, um, <laughs> but. <laughs> Yeah, I think I think that's I think that's a really big uh, that's a really big signing. Um, how many uh, how many seasons did they sign him for, Jed? <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know. <laughs> Leave me alone. <laughs> um, no, it's Will it's Will Griff John who's gone to the Scarlets, isn't it? I knew they'd made a I knew they'd made a, a sign in a um, at prop. Another um, big I man. Think, I think Priest I think Priestland to Cardiff's a really good sign in as well. I just think that. Uh, that's a, that's a great signing. Yeah, I, I'm surprised people were were kind of questioning that and saying, "Oh, it's only going to be if Jared leaves." I thought, well, you know, they, they, as we said at the, at the top of the show, they've not got a load of tens that there. So having the experience of um, of Reece Priestland will be a will be a really big boost, and again, potentially something that will that will help Jared's development as well. So I he's been absolute class as well, hasn't he? This um, this year, and Priestland, yeah, Priestland, yeah, and I've. I've I think he's a brilliant rugby player, but that's a. I think that's a. I think that's better than. I think that's the best signing. I really do. I think it's a. It's a super well, bit of work. If he wasn't thirty-four, you you could yeah. say you know trans transformative for the Blues, but uh, as it is, he's kind of a transition kind of signing to either Jan Evans take over his first choice and a youngster to come through, so they got enough depth there at ten. But I think Will Rowlands is another big one because. He hasn't been excellent for Wales yet, but he's first choice every week for Wasps. Yeah, in a good side, in a very 
hotly contested league. And I think that just the sheer number of top quality experienced players that have gathering at the, uh, along with the youngsters gathering at the Dragons means they just, I don't think it's possible for him to carry on, carrying on underachieving. It, it, so, showed, um, it showed today having, uh, I tell you what, Jonah Holmes has gone under the radar. I don't, I didn't really appreciate what an utter quality player he is until, uh, you know, until watching him this season. I think he's been, a, he's been a, an outstanding signing and yeah, you know, obviously we know all the, we know all the youngsters in, in the squad, but yeah, I, I think I just, yeah, I, I just hanging on to Screech would be, would have been, would have been ideal. Yeah. Um, He's played been, really well, hasn't he? Over the years, yeah, Screech. Been a, been a really, been a really good player. Like I, 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 I rate him. Yeah. As in the last few years, he's been as important as Corey Hill was because, you know, Corey spent so much time with Wales that Screech was in that, you know, was in that side and you looked a different side without him. Carter coming through his bit. So all of a sudden we have got, some good weight and grunt in the in the type five. It's the front row that you know that is mm. still you know you're relying on Brock Harris, who is you know like the two hundred year old man who continues to continues to put in good performances. You know, and he's he's been great. And obviously Hibbs is thirty seven or whatever he is. So there's there. I think there would be some signings that, that need to be made there, but. Um, definitely that level of quality. I mean, we've, we've mentioned it before, but Jamie Roberts has been, has been, you know, he'll go down as a, as a great dragon signing. He's been, again, you look at a different side, even when we've been playing really badly, Roberts has made a massive difference to that side. I tell you one that hasn't worked out and it's been a terrible 12 months for him or just less than 12 months, Nick Tompkins. Yeah. He's had, a, he's had a rough time down there. You bet he can't wait to go back to Saracens. He's no, only on loan, isn't he? He's on loan, yeah. I bet he cannot wait to get back to say It's just been like he, he came he came in blaze of glory straight in the Welsh team, standout player. Yeah. Uh, 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 and over the yeah, course of the last nine months, he's just he can't. He, well, I, I don't know if he's struggling to get in the Dragons team, but he's definitely not nowhere near the Welsh squad. The the problem is is that you know obviously Roberts. If everyone was fit, Roberts would be your first choice twelve because of the way because of the way you play and the, and what he brings to the side. And I just don't think Tompkins looks comfortable at 13. No. I just think he've, I think he, he's, he is like a real mercurial player, isn't he? He's, he's, sometimes it feels like he doesn't know where he's going, but it can open up, it can open things up. And, and yeah, you're right. I bet he can't wait to get back to Saris. It's a shame because I still think he's a, he's a quality player, but he's not had, he's not had particularly good time at the Dragons and he's not had a good time for Wales during that time either. Yeah, I think in the Saracen system, the way they play, if they if they still play like that in the future, I, I don't know. But he, he fits right in. But with the trend going towards more open rugby now, mm. he needs to play in a proper system of a backline, and that looks like he is just trying to learn a new sport altogether, let alone yeah. a new system. And he, he that's why he, he he came on didn't he against Scotland this year? I think. Yeah, he did. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, and he looked totally flummoxed. Didn't know uh, to me anyway. Yes. I mean, uh, others might disagree, but he didn't seem to know. No, he, st- he started actually, didn't he? Was it wasn't it Watkin and because um, Halaholo came on? Uh, well, we started off with Johnny Williams, didn't we? And he got injured. I thought Johnny Williams got injured against Ireland. Oh uh, well, you know what do we know? I mean, to be honest, Murph, I, I I reckon I've done a half decent job of. For the last four years of bluffing that I knew something, and it's all come, it's all, yeah. it's all gone to abs. Basically, I just used to blame Killick for getting things wrong. I, I think I, I meant, 
I think I meant to say Ireland when I said Scotland because Ireland was the first game at home, wasn't it? Ireland yeah. was the first game, yeah. So, so yeah, that was Johnny hey. Williams when he went off injured, concussion. No, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, Johnny Williams went off injured in the first game against Ireland, didn't he? Yeah. yeah. Anyway, we're into cycling hey. now. Anyway, so. He, yeah, I remember he. Where was he playing? He was definitely caught at. He he was caught at sea, wasn't he? Quite a few times. Tompkins, um, yeah, 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 yeah. We were, we were in the defensive system as well as the attacking system. You know. Yeah, we were in a pickle. Um, yeah, felt a bit sorry for him. Just yeah. just while we're on, just while we're on this. <laughs> Come on. Uh, <laughs> Johnny Williams went off injured in the first game against Ireland, and Tompkins came on, and Tompkins and Watkins started in the game against Scotland. All right. Um, but yeah, actually, Halaholo came on for for half penny after half an hour. So did Tompkins? Yeah, Tompkins, right. yeah, Tompkins so... moved to the wing, Halaholo to centre, and Liam to fullback. Is that right? I don't know. So when Go Tompkins, on. so Tompkins started with Watkins against Scotland, yeah, 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 because they they were we causing through, we they were causing combinations trouble. on the quiet, didn't we? Yeah, really yeah. did. Four, four scrum halves, I think, or at least three. God knows how many centres. Don't check Google, just run with it. See, it seems like yes, a long time loads. ago. A long time ago. Yeah, it does. It feels like it feels See, it like, feels it like yeah, like years ago. I know, but this this is it now. It's like, you know, like I keep saying, it's about what happens next. Because the, the stuff that really impressed me was was that whole game against France, the last 20 against England. That was that was real high intensity rugby and and stuff to get excited by. It's now about about what follows. And I think the, the tricky thing is, is that the next big international rugby is the Lions. A lot of our players are going to go and then the Lions, it hurts. You know, it's it's a hard thing to come back from and, and jump straight back into club and international rugby. It's there's always there's always a hangover from the Lions, always, because it's so physically demanding. And it's, it's going to be tricky because I think there'll be some some injury casualties from that. There's a lot of our players are, are very old, so it's it's about then who who comes in and um, yeah, I hope that because like we said, there's loads of talent if they can take to to international rugby like they have to club and fit into that system. Now they look like they found a way of playing. Then there could be some very exciting times ahead. Agreed. Right, should we have a quick look at these uh, these European fixtures before we wrap up? Let yes, just, please. Let me just dig them out again, Murph, shall I? <laughs> so, uh, right, should we let's let's even look at the the non-Welsh sides. I'll quickly run through them all, and then we'll have a little preview of the of the Welsh side. So, Leinster Toulon on Friday night. Wow, that is uh, that is interesting. Uh, Gloucester La Rochelle. Uh, they're both in the the champ uh, in the Champions Cup, of course, and then in the Challenge Cup, you've got Zebra Bath, London Irish, Cardiff Blues, uh, Montpellier versus Glasgow Warriors. Saturday. Uh, God, there's some, there are some cracking games in here. Wasps, Clermont, Munster, Toulouse, Exeter, Lyon, uh, and then in the Challenge Cup, uh, yeah, Benetton, Agen. I'm probably gonna probably gonna swerve that one. Uh, Ospreys, Newcastle, Dragons, Northampton, Leicester, Connacht, and then on Sunday, Easter Sunday, you got Scarlet Sale, Bordeaux versus Bristol, Racing versus Edinburgh, uh, and then in the Challenge Cup, you've got Harlequins versus Ulster. Uh, let's. Let's have a quick look at the um, at the at the Welsh regions, though. Let's start with the Scarlets versus Sale on uh, on Sunday. Um, 
you were saying off air, Murph, uh, well, we actually will come on to that when we talk about the Challenge Cup, but obviously the, there is this this added complication of there being no relegation in the Premiership this year. But uh, obviously that's not something that will come into play for the for the Scarlet's game. Obviously, as somebody who doesn't watch as much English rugby as you, what do we know about Sale? And is this a, is this a game that, that the Scarlet should be winning? Well, um, yeah, good question. I, at home, I would say, yeah. Um, Sale are not, they're not, not a weak side at all, but then at the same time, they're not soaring up at the top of the league with uh, Bristol and Exeter either. So, um, and I think they, although, like the, the point we made off air was that there's no relegation in the English Premiership. So some of the sides that normally take their foot off the gas in Europe might not do that now. They might go fully mm. loaded into Europe. Um, I don't know if I don't know if Sale need to freshen up any of their players. Pafter Clerk hasn't been playing in the league. I don't know if he's injured or. But um, either way, full, fully loaded or not, I, I fancy Scarlets at home. So, Dan, any opinions on yeah. that one? I've, yeah, fancy fancy Scarlets at home on that one. I think um, I know there's no there's no fans around, but I think Scarlets will really. Uh, Really fancy that and be up for it. Scarlet's win. All right, let's have a look at the Challenge Cup then. So Ospreys versus Newcastle, which we've already had once this season, haven't we? So uh, the Ospreys Ospreys won away up there, I think. And if uh, if memory serves me correctly, God, this season feels like it's been 20 years long. Um, I think think they'll be going for this. The Ospreys, I mean, the, the league season is over. Like we said, the... Uh, the Rainbow Bungle Cup to come, that's not, you know, realistically, is that a realistic target? Or would you would you much rather have a crack at, at the uh, at the Challenge Cup? What do you reckon, Dan? I, I think Ospreys will be going for this. And I reckon I, re- I reckon they'll win that. Yeah, I agree with you. I think the Ospreys will fancy it. The uh, mood seems to be good in the in the camp, doesn't it? In the organisation. Um, so both on and off the field, it looks, it's all pretty exciting. Well, I mean, it's a yeah, bit of history. Compare yeah. compare it to where it was eighteen months ago. It's uh, it looks like a, a yeah. drastically different place. Yeah, it's polar opposites, isn't it? And uh, yeah, I think that there's a bit of history to this in the Rainbow or, or Bungle Cup, as Bungle George Cup, whatever you're calling it. It's I, I just it, there's it it doesn't um it doesn't excite me anyway. I don't think it excites us, does it? So. I think the Ospreys will be really fancy in this and going for it. So, Ospreys win for me. Beth? I think selection will tell you everything you need to know. If, if they hmm. go into that game with uh, Tips, Alan Wynn, George, um, all the other perif- peripheral players from the Welsh squad on the pitch. And I, 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 is that is that uh, in Swansea? Swansea? Uh, yeah, it's in Swansea. If they go fully loaded, they're going to beat Newcastle, whatever Newcastle play. I mean... The thing, the thing is here, you know, a long campaign for Alan Wynn and Tips. I wonder whether they might not feature. But even then, well, they've had a week off already. They didn't, yeah. didn't play. They didn't play this weekend, did they? So they're on a fortnight break from the Grand Slam match. Mm. So I, I think they. What else are they going to wait for? They're not going to wait for the Rainbow Cup. I don't think. Yeah, so. Fair enough. I think it will. It'll tell you everything you need to know. If, if they're all playing, you know, the Ospreys are taking that tournament seriously, and they're probably going to beat Newcastle at home. So. I, th- I, th- you know, I still think they'd have half a chance, you know, perhaps without 
with that, so I think some of those players who've stepped up, I think have been doing a have been doing a good job. But uh, yeah, I I, th- I think Osprey's a, a favourite for that. Dragons Northampton. This is about. I mean, this is about uh, about performance for me. To be honest, I think that's a tough ask. Like you say, I expect Northampton to come to that with a fairly strong with a fairly strong side. Um, Dragons have gone really well though of late. They, I've been I have been really impressed since that awful game against Zebra. They have they've really yeah. put together some some good performances. I mean, today was today was interesting because obviously they were going for a massive win to try and uh, uh, to try and sneak into the to the Champions Cup for next season. But the, the Dragons haven't had any wins over the last ten years, yet alone massive ones. So, um, but I was I, I was impressed. It was really nice. You know, it was nice nice good rugby to watch. You know, some nice handling skills in there. Uh, run, players running good lines off uh, off nine and ten. Great ball carrying, you know, Screech and Moriarty and and Wainwright got through a ton of work and and you know and the boys out wide look brilliant. Ashley Hewitt looked just exceptional, not just not just you know finishing in in pace, but he always seems to bump players. You think you know he goes into contact, you think oh he's going to get mullered here, and he he just bumps them off really well. So um, yeah, I, I don't know. That's that's what I mean. I just don't want to lose the momentum. Um, by taking a drub in, I, I really hope that we're able to go and give them a really good fight, and, and getting a win would be, I, I think, would be absolutely massive. Oh, yeah, yeah, I, I think I, on, um, I was, I was, I was, just I was expecting you to be a bit more upbeat on 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 the dragons there, Jed. Actually, I am. I'm definitely upbeat on where they're heading. I just think that this is now a bigger, you know, it's a much much bigger test. I'm working on my assumption yeah. that, that Northampton come with a. Um, you know, with a, with, a full strong, side. with a strong side, I mm. think it's a massive step up from you know uh, a dead rubber against Edinburgh, and you know a game when when players are you know when that side's shorn of their inter- their international players. I mean, it's still a good Edinburgh side. There's some class players in there. You know, Kinghorn and uh, and Bennett and um, oh, who's the the open side? He's fantastic. Their captain, I can't remember the name. Brilliant. For Northampton, no, for Edinburgh. Oh. Marcus, uh, Magnus Bradbury. Um, so you know, it's, it's still a good side, but I just think again, this is this is like this is the real test now. Is is if Northampton bring a big side, can you can you really you know can you can you step up? So I, I really I really hope they can, and I'll be excited about watching that one. I said you know it's, it's the kind of fixtures you want to see, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, big game, man. It is all right, and then Friday night, Good Friday uh, or Friday evening rather, five thirty. It's London Irish Cardiff Blues. Um, in Brentford, uh, a big opportunity for uh, for for Cardiff here, I reckon. Yeah, it, it potentially the most open attacking game of the lot because uh, that's the way London Irish play, mm. and um, Cardiff like to throw around as well. So I'm not sure. I'm not sure about the result there at all. I don't know. Uh, again, it depends selection for both sides, but um, it could be the most entertaining either way. So I'm yeah, looking forward to that one, actually. Yeah, I am. I, I think again, same thing. I think Cardiff go. Cardiff definitely go. You know, you go as very, very close to fully loaded. You go with a very strong side there. I think. I would. I would say it's. Um, yeah, yeah. It's, it's a great. It's a great opportunity, and they've got. Yeah, they got history. They got history with that cup, haven't they? You know, it's they've won it twice. So I think they'd love to. They'd love to sign off with. Um, I don't think they're carrying too many injuries either, so there's no reason why they can't have a good crack at it. Yeah, Dan. Yeah, <clears throat> Cardiff like the like the cap, don't they? They like this one, and 
I don't think they'll, they'll certainly not be fearing London Irish at all. It's actually just, I'll just be down the road, actually, for me. Um, that, I know, that, it's, get, it's that, gutting, isn't it? We can't. It uh, is, yeah, yeah. Can't we def- watch that, yeah. Definitely gone to that, but yeah, I think I think Cardiff can do a can do a job there. Fair enough. All right, there we go. Be, so I think, I think quite we're... positive on all the Welsh on all the Welsh sides. Four, four wins. Yeah, comfortably. <laughs> oh God, I mean that that make that make for a nice upbeat upbeat pod next week, wouldn't it? We can get get four wins out of it, but. Whatever happens, we will be here to talk rugby or cycling or horse racing or boxing or wrestling with you this time uh, this time next week. Uh, so a big thanks to Dan, a big thanks to the Mighty Murph. And of course, as always, thanks to our sponsors at So Coffee Trades. If you want to get some great quality coffee, you can do that over at socoffeetrades.co.uk. Thanks for listening. We'll be back to chat rugby with you very, very soon. Podcast Network.